0: Welcome to Resilient Science, the show where we spend 10 to 15 minutes each week trying to better understand a topic around hockey, rehab, and the science behind it. I am Dr. Ben Cernick. I'm a doctor of chiropractic. I'm a strength coach. I'm a goalie coach, and I am a graduate student researching how to make practice better in hockey. As always, I'm here with Jamie Phillips. Jamie Phillips. I am almost Dr. Jamie
1: Phillips, um, doctor of physical therapy student. Master's of Science, four years professional. My research is non-hockey; it's in football players, and I'm still waiting on the IRB,
0: so I might not even have any research. <laughs> All right, that this, this intro is getting more and more off the rails every time. Speaking, <laughs> I know. but speaking of things that are off the rails, Jamie, um, our mental sanity off the rails this week. It's uh, lot, it's
1: been a long, it's a long week, and for those that follow myself and Ben on social media, you probably know that this the week of december 5th through 12 11 11 the 11th yeah so it's been talking about depth and i originally i started off the the week actually a little bit in the first video oh i started off with a little bit of a clickbait trigger quote-unquote triggering title where i said depth is overrated and i just talked about how you don't need to be as aggressive um and then people absolutely lost their minds like i i'm okay with some like hate comments and stuff but it was a little ridiculous for no reason at all like it's one thing if i'm like hey like every goalie is bad or something like really like hot take that's a strictly opinion based but i was just using like on the topic of the day we're just using math and stuff to talk about how the distance from a to b gets greater the further you are out so you have to either increase your speed or you have to slow down time and since both of those things are very tough <laughs> uh, you need to maybe not be as aggressive uh then i followed up with a, another one on how you need to manage your depth so it was a little series and then finally it's funny because the video that was best received in terms of comments was talking about how like smaller goalies you know it isn't uh, the end of the world that you're small and you can still play relatively deep and people liked that. And I, and I realized that it was because most of the people being angry were just small goalies. <laughs> and so until they realized, until like they realized that I, I wasn't being like, Oh, big goalies only, then everyone kind of relaxed a little bit. So now I've realized if I wanted to, if I want to boost my algorithm, but strictly hate comments, I need to talk about goalies heights. Yeah, but anyways, that's... the talk we got today, I'm sorry, I cut you off is math, math and goaltending. So Ben, this is more of your realm, you take a very, you take a lot more of an analytic eye to it. And then I just leech off of all
0: your hard work and take credit <laughs> for it. Uh, yeah, I'm, but you, before you can get into the math side of it, I want to start with one thing. And I think this is one of the issues we're seeing with the reception of kind of what you've been posting this week, Jamie, is that like people, this is both coaches and goalies, don't realize that or are having a hard time appreciating that we need to teach young goalies differently than we teach older goalies and so like there's a lot of things that we introduce as coaches to to kids early on then they reach a certain point with maturity uh skill level and size where we're like okay now stop doing that like you had to do that to learn the game Mm -hmm. now stop doing it and one of those things is depth um and that's where kind of like this math comes in right right and that's where the whole smaller goalie thing comes in but that's just my first my first caveat is like yeah we have to teach kids differently because an eight-year-old is a very different person both like maturity wise physically and emotionally and mentally than a 13-year-old and so you treat them differently um but when it comes to math and depth I think the the hard the biggest thing that people struggle with is that more depth at a certain poor more sorry more height we'll call we'll just refer height being like out of the crease depth being, or being deeper. Right. Um, being, the more height being you how tall you are, right? Yeah, no height. Yes. <laughs> well, no, it's good. Well, height too, but I was gonna say like the farther you are out of your net, off your goal line, let's just say that the farther out you are, um, each time you get farther out from the goal line, the percentage change in how much net you cover decreases relative to how much space you're going out. So like after a certain point where you come out, you're not gaining any more net coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that happens a lot sooner than people realize, I think, where like for each additional step you take out, like it's really, really small, how much extra net you're really covering to the point it becomes where like, if you move your hands to the side, you're actually leaving your net. If you're like a foot out of your crease, I think people don't realize that either. Like if you're like, a if you're on an angle, let's say you're at the pucks at the top of the circle. If your heels are on the height, top of the crease, if you move your hands laterally on that save, you're out of the net at all. Like, literally, at all. Yeah. Right. And so, I,
1: I, we need to run the math. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll sit down and look at it over Christmas break when I have some time. Cause that I think it would be good to be the guys that come out with that actual formula, or I can just call someone at tech who's like smarter than me and will do it for me. Um, yeah. So, the, I think that's the biggest thing, like we said, is understanding that the, when you step off, even though you're moving say a foot and a half from the goal line to the middle of the crease, when you move another foot and a half, like you said, you're not taking up as much net you originally took. And I think a lot of the miscommunication or misunderstanding where people thought I was saying, you need to play on the goal line. And I've never, I never said that. I've never said that. Actually I do sell the goalies to play on the goal line in practice when they're struggling to track, but that's Same. for, that's for like tracking issues and getting them to move their hands. And I even explained it in all the videos where i showed that as you come out from the crease to the middle you're taking up a lot of net but look when you come from the middle of the top you take out you're taking a bit and then when you go from the top to the white you're not you're there's basically no difference and that was a really crazy thing people also i people have this idea that you can suddenly get faster that like oh i will i'm gonna be so aggressive i'm just gonna push harder back i don't know anyone who like doesn't push as hard as they can on every single save especially not backdoor saves regardless of the situation um so that I mean I'm just, I, like that's dumb I'm gonna say I'm gonna say dumb because a lot of the things were dumb and I I know that my wits I'm at my wits ends so I'm gonna be a <laughs> lot less sympathetic um than I usually am but that was dumb another one that I got too that was interesting and if we can just rant about this now but Someone was offended that I was using NHL clips. Yeah, um, not good. Actually, a lot of people. One people of was offended, and then one person was calling me like a Monday Night quarterback. And the thing is, is I, I'm not. I don't. I never go out and say like, oh, Martin Jones, the goal we were using. Not Martin Jones. Spencer, Spencer Martin. Martin is a bad goalie or terrible. I'm just saying he's consistently giving up these types of goals. And so I get my clips. I watch the game recaps when I'm eating breakfast, and I go, oh, okay, it's a good clip, and then I just download it. And I make a note to like talk about this later that, and I my the goalies that I have in my Patreon and my group, I send those to them and I say, Hey, look, and that, that's how I get my clips. So I don't, if I watch Tampa versus Arizona that night in that morning, that's the clips I'm going to use. It's not because, and I also pick goalies that I like enjoy watching. Like, I'm not going to watch, like, I know, like I was talking to Eric Comer yesterday. I was like, Hey, when are you coming back? Because I really think like uh, Craig Anderson's a good goalie but I don't enjoy watching him play. So I haven't watched any Buffalo highlights in like so long. I'm like come back so I can keep watching your games. And I which, is, which this is, a, this is a, that's, a, that's a dumb take from whoever that commented <laughs> that because the NHL offers basically unlimited good and bad teaching points from the best in the world at multiple angles and at high definition. and yeah yeah and and also everyone's like well it's the nhl It doesn't matter it's scaled right so if you're 11 years old you're playing against 11 years old 11 year olds you're not playing against connor mcdavid so the situations that go on are similar in scale at the nhl to what they are when you're 11 the passes are slower the shots are slower the the play is slower because they're kids and so people are just people just need to relax and also like if you don't like what i'm saying you you don't have to agree with it i mean if you're not agreeing with math that's it's kind of weird but you don't have to agree with it but to go on and like to just comment and just like go off the rails and it's usually they just go down some crazy rabbit hole about how when they played and like how that this must be the reason i'm not in the nhl it's like no the reason i'm not in the nhl is because i had depression and i didn't do anything (laughs) about it so (laughs) jokes on you
0: Ha, huh. I mean, I think like there's about 19 things you said in the past three minutes here, but I, I think like, the, I'm so mad. I think the first thing to understand is like, again, when you're trying to create teaching content, like you said, there is a limited pool of available footage. And I think it's like, it's very clear that everyone makes mistakes. And so, like, goalies making mistakes in the NHL is a great learning tool. One, you can have high quality video understanding that what that mistake is. Um, but but two, again, it's, it's realistic that like the best people in the world still make these mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'd be in a lot of trouble if you were only posting, like do you want to post some junior highlights because then we're just bullying teenagers.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, the, that, that's <laughs> what people don't f- understand. Like I like I, I pre-scout all the college goalies we play against and there are some that I think are really good and there's some I, I don't think are very good. And I, I can make so many clips and it can even, I use my cl- goalies as clips all the time. And they give me permission to just rip them. And I try to keep it like low-key just in case like I don't want that give like the huge scouting report on how to beat my goalies. But like when I I want to use clips of the other team's goalies so bad because they're just readily available, but I don't because I'm not trying to be a jerk and I'm not trying to be like, oh man, look at the other team. Like, no, I just like this is what I see. I just see it and like, okay, let's talk about this because everyone can learn. And that's my mindset is like, I don't really care. Also, no one's going to watch a video of, of like my 13-year-old goalies that I train remotely. I would go footage behind the net. Like no one's going to watch that. And so,
0: it, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, anyways, getting back on topic for today, Jamie. Um, <laughs> the thing that I think was really interesting this week with people's critique of this depth side of thing, right? is I think people don't realize, or people are having a hard time realizing that the game as in goaltending hasn't really changed a ton in the last 10 years. Um, like I think the the latest major innovation was the RVH and that's attributed to like 10 years ago with Bobrovsky. Um, so that's like the last major innovation we've probably seen in goaltending. But what people don't realize is there have also been like micro changes to the game. And so like a really good example of that is depth, because if you watch a power play now, most teams run a one, three, one power play with a bumper guy in the middle, right? The reason you do that is it gives you double outlets. It also lets you set up a little one time where the the bumper hops out. Toronto does that really well. Matthews has scored like a dozen goals off that bumper play to Marner um, or Marner to Matthews. Uh, But like what people don't realize is you need to kind of be deep or deeper in those situations because of how fast the puck moves and how quickly an angle change matters at that level. Right? So when goalies are getting really hyper aggressive and these little quick angle changes happen, you don't have time to adjust the pucks in the net. Right? So what Mm -hmm. being deep helps you with a little bit or being deeper I shouldn't say being deep, but being deeper helps you with is the, the relative change for you to get square to the puck is smaller, the deeper you are. Mm -hmm. Right? So like, if you're a foot outside your crease, and the puck moves six feet, you have to move a lot farther than if you're in the middle of your crease and the puck moves six feet. So as the game gets faster, or as you're more tired as a goalie, being a little deeper in the net reduces the amount of movement you need to do to maintain good positioning. And like we mentioned earlier, before Jamie got upset about being bullied online, like <laughs> um, I mentioned earlier, is that like beyond like the three-quarter line of like the to the top of the crease, like I say like that, like middle to... in between the middle of the crease and the top of the crease, that three quarter line is kind of where I tell a lot of goalies to live, especially on power play stuff, because of how much lateral movement you're stuck doing and how many quick bumper plays you're seeing. but like anything beyond that depth, like you're not really adding that much and you're making a cross ice pass impossible, like absolutely impossible. Yeah. So, so I think people need to understand that, like, that has been a big change in the NHL. That has been a big change that as the pace of play has gotten a lot faster in all levels of hockey, right? It's not just professional. Like every level of hockey is relatively faster than it used to be.
1: Yep.
0: Nothing else has changed in goaltending. So what's one adjustment that the goalies can make as more and more goals seem to be going in? Like this is the lowest save percentage league wide in like eight years right now. And I think part of it is like goalies having a hard time adjusting to players being smarter, players taking better shots than ever before. Yeah.
1: And so that that brings me to my next next point. So like there was a time where goaltending and goalie coaches the s- skill and development was outpacing players. That is why the equipment have changed, the rules have changed, all these different things. That's why the the, the increase for more goals and the desire for more goals to grow the game occurred goalies were getting so good those shots along the ice from the red line were no longer good goals and the now like everything comes back to homeostasis eventually and so players have caught up and now players have started to progress the amount of training isn't it, like goalie coaching and goalie schools like the amount that we had and the goalies had Players are going to their skills coaches, their mental coaches, their play breakdown, their Adam Oates, the, the guys that are just killing it on the player spectrum on how to score goals. And goaltending has reached that that pinnacle point. So what there's no major change. There's honestly, I don't think there's any major changes that can happen that can change it. It's like you said, those micro changes. So play slightly deeper. So yeah, you're gonna play slightly deeper. You got to make sure you're good at tracking, and that's a prerequisite no matter how aggressive you play. But that's you know again like sometimes you know guys are good. And so the point I really wanted to make with a lot of those Martin stories I posted was that your depth's not gonna save you, especially not gonna save you when you're not square and you're not on angle, and or on angle on square. I want to put those in the right order, and that's the point I really wanted. To preference, preface, preface, preface. preface. Okay, I but really wanted s- to make, but.
0: So let me just build right off that. So like, I think a really good example of people not understanding where people, maybe people don't use this, but a, a micro change that's happened in the NHL and, or should have happened across all goaltending, but really happens in the pro levels is on passes that break the midline of the ice. The goalie. Yeah. yeah, Royal Road passes. I think, yeah, the fancy term for it. Um, goalies cut through their crease now. Right, so like when you go from let's say top of the circle to top of the circle, it's not a straight line across your crease. Right, goalies cut should be cutting through their crease. Yes, with the reason behind that being that they get on their in the right angle and square to the puck faster. Which means if they're not actually there, they can actually just cut kind of backwards and get set while being deeper. If they do beat it, they can continue their finish and end up at where they started, like depth wise. Right, but that's an example of a of a change. That has allowed goalies to adjust for the speed of play, right? Yeah. Where it's like, okay, like I'm at least I'm squaring on my angle now. I might not be as high as I want to, but at least I'm set. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, goalies would just basically kind of cut straight across the crease and then get beat short side because they just weren't remotely square. Yeah. Right? right. But I think people are still not teaching that like I'm not convinced the amount of goalies that I work with at different levels who have have been to other goalie coaches or have things that still don't cut through the crease. I'm talking at like 16, 17, even some junior guys. um, It's like, that is like, that has been one of the big changes to address for how quickly pucks go through the top, like through the ice now. Right. But that comes back down to your depth thing. That's a sacrifice of depth for positioning. And you posted that, and I really, again, I agree with it. I don't want to give Derek any credit for that or Derek Boogaard any credit for that. So I'm going to say that's a Jamie Phillips invention of priorities. <laughs> it's um, like
1: the, it's like you miss the all the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Michael Scott, yeah. It, this is
0: actually everything. <laughs> Derek, that Derek and Jay Yeah, but actually, it wasn't even Derek Boogaard. It was probably someone else. It was probably some goalie coach or the other. Before Derek stole from, told it was himself. But um, right, like you prioritize being. On your angle. You prioritize being in the middle of the net relative to the puck. Then you prioritize making sure your chest is actually facing the puck, so being square. And if you can get those two things done, now we can talk about depth. But that other stuff doesn't matter if you're just not in the right spot. Like depth doesn't matter if you're not in the right spot.
1: know, and I, that's what I tried to portray. Maybe I could... I don't think... I, I only have 90 seconds. I do my best. I think this also... You know, this sends me down a rabbit hole, but the amount of when I get new goalies, not really attack, but younger goalies, the even the ones that have had a lot of goalie training or go to goalie coaches, a lot of them do not understand the game very well and understand these concepts. And I think these aren't abstract concepts. Like, I kind of find it funny that when people like message me, they're like, oh, like you're giving away all the secrets or like you're. Uh, I'm like, I didn't, how did I not know these things? And I go, I, I don't know how you don't know these things. Also, none of these are secrets. I think there's so much, there is a lot of secrecy among goalie coaches because it's that fight for profit and to establish yourself as the guy in the goalie coaching world. And I mean, I I, I get that. Like everyone wants to, everyone to put food on the table. I'm never going to disparage someone for that, but there's nothing out there that's secret. There is no secrets. There's just how t- people are just either understand or don't. And then pe- that people that do understand are either better at explaining and simplifying than others. And that's where the separation really occurs. Because if you're, like you said, if you're working with kids, you have to be able to break down very complicated topics like math and angles and arc and tan and coast, Sakatoa to kids who who don't know that yet. And oh, did you just say got...
0: Sacajawea instead of Sokotoa?
1: <laughs> Sokata. And then I haven't done math in a long time. Um, but I think that's important to say that. And actually, one of the podcasts I was on last weekend that, that was really good. The diff- like you said, we talked about at the start, training pros is very, very, very different than training kids. Like very different. And I think I don't know if we've talked about that. Maybe we talk about that next week. we probably talked about it many times, but it's you can't. You can't do the same thing if you're a parent listening and someone says like, hey, I train my kids like I train my pros. That is a red flag. You train your kids like you train your kids so that they get good. And then you can train them like pros.
0: Yeah. And like, that's again, so that's the big thing too, right? Like in the depth is a good example. So like, I I'll have a quick story for my coaching as we kind of wrap up here, but was working with uh some U12 goalies. So they're 11. Um, not exactly, you know, the, uh, the oldest kids around, um, but the one kid's an excellent skater for his age, like definitely like across the 11 year olds that we work with that play the same level. Like he's probably the best skater that, uh, that is in the area. Um, and for a long time, because of that, for the past few, I think I say a long time, like two seasons of rep hockey, I guess. Um, he played like a foot and a half outside of top of his crease. He's not like a small kid for his age. Um, but he was a really good skater. So he was like, oh, I'll just get there anyway. And then, um, like you said, goalies outpaced players. Well, players got better. Yeah. And he just started getting scored on all the time even though he's a great skater, like one pass and it's like, well, you're two feet out of your crease. Right. So for the past two months, um, work with him like once a week, basically it's just been like, Hey, just like be at the top of your crease. Like you're still a great skater for your age. You can still be like a little aggressive, but like just make sure a part of your skate blade is on the crease of some kind. Mm -hmm. And like that change has been like, that's all it takes, right? Like he's a great skater. So you want to keep having him skate and keep using that and keep developing that. But like, don't, get in like the mindset of like, Oh, what like, if he just cuts down the angle because kids at that age have a harder time making a cross ice pass, he'll always make the first save. It's like, you're now just teaching a kid to win in the moment and not teaching them how to get better long-term. And like, that's my number one like gripe with, with youth training is you train your team to win in the moment. Instead of training your team to improve with players improving and getting better physically and skillfully over a season And if you just did that, you would probably win more anyway. But instead, you're like, "Let's hammer home this left wing lock forecheck, so they can't break. So this other little kid team can't break out of the zone, right?" But this comes again, all circling back to this idea that yeah, don't train kids like pros. And when it comes to things like depth, yes, kids are younger, so you might want to have them out to the top of the crease or outside the top of the crease when they're younger and the game doesn't move as fast. But as they get older, you need to start reining them back in. Yeah. right and that's fine to have the kid, the small kids like out of their crease for stuff in their own zone when they're nine when they're 10 but like that doesn't apply to your 18 year olds like if i see a goalie a foot out of his crease in zone in like a junior hockey game i'm like no don't care like this is awful that has to like that's that's a mistake it's just a mistake right yeah and it's so yep
1: my, i'll say my last piece here um I I think I've that I think I've realized that, people coaches, goalie coaches, parents, head coaches that don't fully understand the game or understand the game as well as as we would like a lot of people to. Depth is always that like common denominator or something. Not common denominator. It's not an example. Depth is the fall, the fall guy. And every goal, it's always not aggressive, and you see it, and you hear it when you watch NHL games. Those Spencer Martin clips that I was cutting, where he was getting beat, like being super aggressive on shots, they're like, oh, well, he's still in his blue paint, would be the announcer of saying. Like, why he wasn't. And two, if he was, it's still not the issue. The issue was there was a pass from the dot to the middle of the ice, and he didn't get over across enough because he's being so aggressive. So he was out of position. It wasn't his depth, it was because guys in HL could pass very quickly and shoot very quickly. And players, you can't, and no matter how hard you try, you're not going to skate as fast as the puck. So you have to adjust. If you cannot slow down time and you cannot slow down the puck, you must shorten the disc. And you speed yourself up, you must shorten the distance. And that, again, goaltending is just math and understanding and simplifying using very simple, basic math.
0: Yeah. Red triangles, right? Like the shorter you make the distance, based on your height, like the triangle will shorter. You're removing basically more or less straight lines at the end of the day from mm-hmm. point A to point B. Yes. So yeah, this is this is a tough one. I hope people just like reconsider. Like again, you're, like you said before, you're not asking people to stand on their goal line. Yeah. You are just, again, it doesn't hurt to have your, it doesn't, you will not die if your full skate blade is within the blue ice. <laughs> no. Like nothing, nothing terrible will happen to you if you're a 17 year old who plays there. In fact, it actually might make you better.
1: Yes, it probably will make you better. And if you're mad at me, you can comment all your hate comments on my post, please. Thank you. It's good for
0: and you. And then I I will, I will, uh, I'm going to start commenting back exclusively me. Yeah. Next, I'm going to start, next, next start Sundays, playing in the mud. Next, next
1: week's chat, because we record these on Sundays, we might have to talk about don't, the ignorance of injury prevention and trying to sell products without evidence
0: yeah all right on that note if you're watching this on youtube toss us a like or a subscription or a comment we always love to hear it if you completely disagree with anything that jamie or i've said we'd love to hear it in fact take we're it up. always take open it up jamie. for yeah yeah take it on jamie and make him you know cry as he goes to sleep uh but again like it's important to have these conversations it's important for people to reconsider their opinion and that's us included uh when presented with good evidence jamie and i are always willing to change our mm-hmm. minds uh just make sure that The evidence isn't quote unquote well, it works for me, or quote unquote, I've seen it work. As long as that's not the evidence, we're cool. Um, otherwise, that's not uh, that's, check that's the- about <laughs> all we're gonna get <laughs> a lot of these because
1: we, we, we unfortunately we have exhausted all the uh hard objective evidence, yeah.
0: But like, I want coaches to like, I we're going long now, but I want coaches to like collect their own data, like just. If you don't, you know, like it's look, I'm not asking more people to do more work for free. Like free labor sucks. Like try to get paid for your work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but like if you're, if if you think you're onto something, like if you really think like you've cracked the code differently than than what is being portrayed to our elite goalies, track, track it. it. Like, track yeah, track it and, it and track like show it, it. Prove it. Yeah, talk about and it. And that I will be, I will
1: both be 100% on board if you can track it, prove it, and reproduce it. I'll, I'll make that change right now. Yeah, I, we are always looking at ways to make our goalies better.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. But again, um, just saying it works because you've seen it in an Instagram comment is probably not going to move the needle for us. So uh, as always, again, like I said, us a like or a rating. We appreciate all the interactions that we get. Um, otherwise, Jamie, see you next time. Till next week.